Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Hi, this is Roy Richards. Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. And let's begin today's program by asking you a question. And please know you don't need to answer if your life today is all that you ever wanted it to be, joyful, purposeful, and crammed full of satisfaction. If not, here's the question. Why are you afraid of your greatness? Come on, if you're like me and the vast majority of others, why do you so often play it safe, settling for the status quo in your personal life, your relationships, and your career? Way deep down, you and I know that we can do and be so much more, both for ourselves and for others, Why are we so often unwilling to take that leap of faith to abandon our comfort zones and to reach for that higher plane? Why do so many of us depend only on our own history, our stored knowledge and experience to guide our actions when we're faced with a crisis or a major decision point? And when we're mired down in an unhappy and uninspiring life, it's so easy, isn't it, to blame others or circumstances beyond our control for accepting the status quo. All of us, when faced with difficult challenges in our lives, uh, but how about overcoming circumstances like these? The lady that I'm about to interview suffered a near-death experience when struck by lightning at age 28. Her clothes melted off her back. She survived melanoma cancer and a brain aneurysm during middle age, moved 32 times, and was held up at gunpoint in New York City and lost her husband of 28 years to a fatal heart attack while in her 50s. And at this point, lots of folks would have given in to sorrow and would have lived the rest of their lives on the sidelines, but not my next guest. She rode her first horse at age 60, developed a passion for horses, and that ultimately led to meeting her third husband and soulmate, and she currently operates Living the Dream Ranch in Virginia and uses horses to help transform people's lives. And this courageous lady's name is Sue Bagini, and regular listeners may recall that she was a guest on our program back last May 2017 when she explained why you're never too old for romance, and she's here today to inspire us to live fearlessly taking chances uh, for positive change and daring to say no to the status quo. And she inspires folks like you and me to reinvent ourselves at age 50, 60, or even 70. And hello, Sue Bergini, and welcome back to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Oh, thank you, Roy. It's It's great to be here. Well, you inform us that uh, you believe everyone should live their lives as though they were on fire. Now, that doesn't sound real pleasant to me. What do you mean when you tell us that? (laughs) What is a life on fire? Well, a life is on fire is a a life that builds from the inside out with excitement and passion and and living your dreams. So for those of us who are over 50 and over 60 and over 70, if we are still looking to fulfill our dreams, it's never too late. Um, I'm 74, 
and I am now writing my third book and going on a speaking tour and uh, teaching some workshops, and that all came about not because I was struck by lightning, although that had a chance to help me realize I could overcome some challenges, but what really happened to me is that I realized that I felt better that I was more excited about my life when I went out and took on new challenges. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what, so you, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, that impacted your uh, outlook on life, being struck by lightning and, and some of those other traumatic events you went through. But uh, does that mean that all of us have to uh, have some kind of a life-threatening trauma to uh, really find the pathway to a fearless life? Do we have to learn, uh, you know, how, be close to death uh, to become and appreciate being fully alive, or are there other ways to get there? Well, there are, there is a way to get there by you certainly don't have to go through anything that I've been through. No <laughs> one needs to that. do that. But my job is to tell folks and tell the story so that they don't have to go through what I went through. So what I'm known as is a bridge. Mm-hmm. So I bridge from the unknown to the known. So I'm going to be talking about, when I talk with folks and do workshops and seminars, I'm going to be talking about living your life to the fullest. Here's what I have learned over the years, you know, about living life to the fullest, taking chances, making sure that you open every door that comes to you that looks exciting or interesting. And and that really is what someone who has gone through a life-threatening situation is about, if they're willing to speak out. Yes. That's really what it's about. Oh, I see. Well, uh, you say that uh, in your latest book that you finally found it, A Formula for Fearless Living. Can you briefly describe the pathway that carried you to this uh, wonderful state of living, and, and where and how did you find it? Well, the uh, I want your your audience to understand that it took me almost 30 years to realize that I should be speaking out about the lightning strike and a near-death experience. Oh, I see. Because the the population at the time was not believing that such a thing could happen. Mm. How can someone hear voices, and how can yeah. someone be struck by lightning and not be dead, and mm. so on and so forth. So it took me quite a while before I had enough nerve to really talk about it and write about it. Um, but the things, the three things that I, I learned, and you and I talked about the tools for fearless living, yeah. is one of the key things in life is to realize that every single challenge we have is a learning experience. Yeah, yeah so you talk, call it positivity. So that, uh, I do, because when you flip the coin, let's say you have an event, and a, ch- a challenging event. Yeah. We all have those at some point. We all have those. They can be health issues. They can be financial issues. They can be whatever. If we turn the coin over, on the other side, it's going to say, what did you learn? Yeah, that's very true. And, And then one of the other tools I use on a regular basis is constant connection to the unknown. And for me, that's the universe or... Some folks call it the angelic realm, but it's the non-physical that is there for me all the time. I just haven't, in the past, had enough nerve to call on it. So when I get up enough nerve, which I have now and have for the last 10 or 15 years, 20 years, I know that 
at some point, my questions will be answered. The two things that I have to be careful of when I ask the universe for its help is, number one, please give it to me with ease and grace. Don't don't hit me over the head with some change. (laughs) And I want to make sure that I have asked in the right way. In other words, you can't say, I want this and this and this and this and this. You have to hone in on one specific direction, one specific request, and it's going to come to you in what's known as right timing. So it may not be today. It may be two months down the road. Yeah. And the, what's the third element that you talk about? Positivity, well, the third element inside, is uh, right. The third element is, um, you know, there is a fabulous book, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it, it's by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Okay. I read that years ago. I don't know what the name of it was either, but it's very. Interesting. Uh, I have it over here, and if I can move over without disconnecting us, I will. But he was one of the beginning modern-day folks that came from nothing, uh, had nothing, and created his own abundance and wealth through his thoughts. Yeah. And he really was one of the forefathers of this concept uh, in modern-day time of the law of attraction. Yeah, and the secret and all that other good stuff. The secret and all that other good stuff. So what what it means is, is that your thoughts... Our energy. Yeah. Just like when I was struck by lightning, that was yeah. a that was an energetic intervention, if you will. That's a little more energy infusion than I'd want. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it is a bit much. I will say that. Well, and uh, um, but the law of attraction is about yeah. what are you thinking about? Yeah. What exactly your like thoughts attract like results? Yeah. And you can manifest anything you want in the world if you are thinking in positivity, if you are willing to believe that there is more to life than just the physical, that there is a non-physical presence in your soul, in love, in beauty uh, that we see. So we have to believe that there is more than our getting up every day, going to work, going to the golf course, going to the food store. There's more to life than the daily rut, I'm going yeah. to call it rut. Well, I, I know you relate a number of encounters over the years where you've had help from angelic voices, and I'd like to highlight one. Tell us about the time you were walking by a building in downtown New York when an angel voice told you to get in there. I think that's such a fascinating story. It it it, it is, and it all happened in one day, which I think is kind of fascinating. I was uh, getting out of the shower and putting my clothes on, getting ready to go to work yeah. in New York City, which is where I worked. Yeah. And I lived in Connecticut at the time, and my husband said, what is that on your back? It's bleeding. Huh. And I said, I don't know. I think it's a mosquito bite. I scratched it. This was in August, I think. He said, I don't think so. It's brown and dark. Sue, you need to have a doctor check on that. That that looks awful. So I went into the city, did my business in the morning. I was getting my hair done at noon at the hair salon in New York. And I asked my stylist, I said, Joanne, do you happen to know anybody who is a well-known dermatologist that could take a look at, at my back? And she said, yes, Daryl Regal. 
He is head of the uh, the American Dermatological Association, and he's right down on 35th. Huh. I said, okay. So I happened to be going down that direction because I had a client who was downtown yeah. in New York, yeah. and I took a left on 35th. I believe it was 35th. I took a left, and uh, I'm walking by this building, and all of a sudden the voice says to me, stop. <laughs> and I looked around. I thought somebody was behind me because it sounded like a male voice. Yeah. And I stopped, and there was nobody there. And the people on the other side of the street were too far away for me to hear them. Uh, so I stopped, and then the voice said, look up. So I looked up, nothing in the sky, and then they said, look up. And I looked to my left, and there was a placard, a bronze placard, that said Dr. Daryl Regal, dermatology. That's amazing. And so I said, I think I should go in. Yeah, you followed the advice of the angels. Advice of the angels. Right. So I went in. And I asked if I could have an appointment with Dr. Regal. They said, what is your issue? I said, I think I have a mole that might not might be infected or something. They said, yeah. sit down. He's going to see you in about 45 minutes. Huh. So they didn't wait. So the long and the short of that is, is that I saw him on a Thursday. The lab results, he rushed them, came back on a Friday. Yeah. I did surgery the following Tuesday. And they removed a portion of my shoulder, not a lot. But yeah. enough, because I had uh, melanoma. And that's uh, known to spread, so it's, it's urgent right. that they get that out as quick as possible. So that exactly. Was, exactly. That was a wonderful message. Well, are all of us contacted by angels at crucial points in our life, or uh, is angelic inspiration reserved only for a few? Uh, no, it's not reserved for a few ever. Every one of us have angelic presence around us all the time. Oh, and the the most important word I could give your audience is to believe. Yeah. Believe that it's possible. Yeah, and the, any the, advice on developing our angel awareness antennas? <laughs> I mean, so many ignore what they hear and uh... Well, there, there, there's a, a couple of ways. Number one, the angels may not come to you in exactly the way they came to me, which was, yeah. which was pretty in my face. Yeah. But they will come to you giving you guidance in the way of a friend, a movie, a book, a magazine article. They, the universe will give you what you most can take in. Not yeah. everybody would be able to take in hearing voices. Yeah. So the way that I would become more in tuned to the other side, if you will, yeah. was to learn to meditate. And it, that doesn't mean you have to sit down and meditate with a, a, a headset on. Yeah. But it can mean that you're walking out in the woods, that you're doing what's known as a walking meditation. Yeah, I love that you're that. Walk, taking a walk on your street where there's no, not a lot of interaction with other people. Yeah. So that you come into a quiet space. Because the angels really like for there to be a quiet time. It is easier for them to do what is known as crossing the veil. So they're crossing from the non-physical to the physical to get in touch with you. And the quieter space they have to do that in, the easier it is for you to, to pick up the information. Yeah, I see. Well, that's fascinating. And, uh, and does prayer work? Should we venture out and oh, ask yes. God for help in sending us guidance? And, uh, oh, you bet. You oh. bet it works. Yeah, Just well, know that, that the, 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 as I said, the things you want to ask for, for yeah. are, uh, please 
send this to me with ease and grace, yeah. in divine right timing, and for my highest good. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, uh, what was your mission in writing the book and, and recording the audio book, uh, which you've just released, Expect Extraordinary? What, what was your uh, basic mission in writing that? The, the most important thing to me, as I have, after I wrote that book, um, was to realize that what I really wanted to convey to everyone is that they are never alone. Yeah. Whether you are, whether you have a serious illness, or whether or not it's yourself or your family member that's on the throes of passing over, passing over, passing on, um, they're never alone. No. They're, we're never alone. And just to believe that we are loved, that we are caressed, that we are helped and guided. Um, but in our physical world, the and it has happened a lot to me lately as I'm venturing into some new businesses, hmm. um, they come to us via what I call human angels. Hmm. So those are people that are like-minded for you, they um, want to share information with you that may be of help for you, and you don't want to turn any of that down, because no. if you're on a new venture, even let's just say you're 65 and you've retired, yeah. and you have decided that what you want to be able to do is take up golf, yeah. all right? And so you're saying, well, that doesn't mean much, but it does, because it's a new challenge that then gives you self-confidence that you've taken on a new challenge later in life. And what you ask the universe for is, please send me the very best golf professional you can. (laughs) So even in the light of that... Send my ball into the cup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Let me get that ball right across that green. (laughs) So it can come in all forms because the angels... And when I've worked with them, I can feel them over my right shoulder. And and they don't come in often for me. It's not like I'm sitting here with angels talking to me. Uh, They have only really come to me when I've been in life-threatening situations. I mean, when their voices are distinct, different, and they they have a reason for being there. But you can feel a lightness from them. So I have... When I wrote my first book, Bootstraps, and I couldn't get the title down, they gave me the title. And then they started laughing over my right shoulder. I could, it's like little children laughing over here over my right shoulder. Well, where so, can, uh, can people go to get that book and your latest book, uh, Expect the Extraordinary? What's, what's Amazon. Okay. Amazon has everything, and um, I'm sure that they would love to have anyone um, pick up a book, as I would. And it's just a pleasure. They, if someone would like an autographed copy, I'd be happy to send that from my office here, and they can go to www.suepagini.com, and I'd be happy to send an autographed copy and a little note to whoever would, would oh, like a book. that's great. Well, uh, in conclusion, so many of us fall short of our potential, and we're yeah. not happy about it. We never accomplish the greatness we have potential to achieve. And the primary reason we remain held back by our inner fears, relying only upon what we know, and so often from our past experience has been unpleasant, 
and you accomplish absolutely nothing over the com- up if you accomplish any, nothing over the upcoming days, weeks, and months. I recommend you seek uh, to become sensitive to messages from above. Uh, get that uh, angel <laughs> antenna up there so that you don't miss out. Because uh, as Sue just pointed out, angels talk to all of us, and, and the spiritual realm is so important. And the uh, physical realm we live in day to day can be really uh, short of uh, where we would really like to be. And to guide the journey, I highly recommend Sue Pagini's book, audio or video portions. She just recently released an audio portion of that. Expect the extraordinary. And thanks to me and Sue for joining us here today. Oh, Roy, it's been such a pleasure as always. Thank you so very much for having me. You may recall on last week's program, February 19th, we spoke with Dr. Richard Ruling about his new start, to help ensure good health and positive mental attitude for the rest of our lives, both before and after retirement. And as you may recall, that Dr. Ruling's term, New Start, is an acronym containing the first letter of each of the seven golden rules to good health initiated by the late Dr. Lester Breslow of the UCLA Medical Center. And Dr. Breslow lived to the ripe old age of 97, so obviously he practiced what he preached. And Dr. Ruling is here today to expand upon each of these golden rules and to help each one of us kick off a new era of healthful, purposeful living. And to refresh your memory, Dr. Richard Ruling is a retired physician who served both as an assistant professor of health science at Loma Linda University and subsequently in private practice. He's board certified in internal medicine and a cardiology fellowship. And he's an in-demand speaker and talk show guest on topics of natural health and wellness, author of several books and CDs. And welcome back, Dr. Ruling. We are indeed pleased that you could come back with us today. Well, good good to be with you, Roy. Thank you. It's a privilege. And uh, any time we can talk about health, it's, it's a blessing to ourselves as well as others. The Bible says more blessed to give than receive. And, and the best things in life are really free. You know, uh, yeah. food costs a little, but the, most of these other remedies are totally free. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, if we could, I'd like to expand on each of your seven golden rules. And we'll begin with the N, nutrition. And obviously, this is a very complicated subject. But uh, what nutrition rules... And do you recommend, basically? Well, let me share an insight that another cardiologist told his patients. He says if it, if it uh, uh, grows out of, uh, out of the ground, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I made that decision uh, some years ago, back to the, actually as a, a freshman college student, when I heard some of the information. And I have been blessed by, uh, you know, I grew up frying my own hamburgers and eggs and things like that. But uh, I have done very well. I used to get a shot of penicillin most every other winter uh, because I would get sick, but uh, I haven't had a shot of penicillin since my freshman year of college when I made that choice, and uh, uh, I actually only had one prescription uh, in my total lifetime. Uh, got some intestinal flu, was on a drip, didn't want the diarrhea, and so on, so I took a prescription, but otherwise, no prescriptions in my life, and I uh, have done very well uh, on, a, on a vegetarian type of diet that's to- uh, tending to be vegan, uh, minimizing the, the dairy, etc., which is a problem for a lot of people, and some of them don't realize it. My son puts it a different way. I don't eat anything with a face. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Bless his heart. Um, I know uh, Dr. Uh, Breslow uh, 
also pointed out that we should eat reg- regularly every day, be it however many meals we eat, and we should always eat breakfast. Breslow made his stu- study, started it before the information on cholesterol really got going, and he I don't even think he asked about what what their cholesterol level was, but I, I do believe that it, uh, if people will minimize the cholesterol in their diets, they, they will do better than uh, ignoring it, even if they do have regular meals. And breakfast was good. Uh, people with their overweight tend to skip breakfast. They're not yeah. hungry because usually supper is the main meal, and their stomach has to struggle with the food overnight uh, it's worn out by morning and unless they have some liquid and have an elimination they're a little bit toxic they've lost their appetite yeah and uh, they think they're uh, going to lose weight by skipping breakfast and usually that just leads to eating more later in the day and gaining more weight <laughs> exactly right well you're reading my script but I, I didn't give it to you good for you <laughs> well you mentioned last week the letter e in uh, new stands for exercise and for us folks at middle age, what forms of exercise do you recommend and how often and for how long each session should we exercise? I guess obviously it's different for each person has their own. That's right. Uh, actually, uh, walking is the best form. It is safe to the joints. Uh, it's good to learn to walk on uneven ground because it helps your balance uh, nerves. Uh, later in life, people tend to get uh, a fall is one of the most crucial things that can happen bad to older yeah. folk, uh, break a hip. Sure. But uh, learning to walk on uneven ground uh, is uh, good for the balance. And uh, walk, uh, uh, huff and puff a little bit. If you get to the point where you can cover a half mile in, in 20 minutes, that's really good. Uh, see, that would be a good goal on a daily basis even. Uh, so uh, give it a shot. Uh, see, uh, ultimately, increase your tolerance if you want up to a mile a day. Uh, see what, uh, you know, a mile a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, that's good. Well, the letter W in new is something somewhat strange to me, water. Every one of us needs at least some water to survive, but for optimal health, how much water per day should we drink? And what health benefit does frequent ingestion of water provide? Well, the body is 75% water. The brain and kidneys probably 85%. Uh, we need every function in the body occurs in a fluid medium, and nerves can get jumpy if we don't have enough water. Yeah. But uh, this brings me really to uh, one of the uh, items in number T for temperance. Uh, people overdo the caffeine. Uh, oh, in yeah. fact, uh, I um, uh, just recently watched a video by uh, Dr. Lorraine Day, who got breast cancer, and she said uh, she could work 72 hours straight in the EOR uh, operating room uh, when trauma patients and so on, uh, just drink coffee, keep going. But she got breast cancer, and she figured that the stress of, uh, you know, irregular sleep, the caffeine, and uh, and all of that just uh, was a factor in her uh, system breaking down. And I think so, too. Uh, stress is a, is a bad problem, and, and uh, caffeine enables it. Uh, Pat, Dr. Pavlov of the Russian side has called caffeine or coffee bad habit glue. It glues our bad habits together so that otherwise we never get going in the morning. That's the guy that used to trick all those dogs, right? (laughs) 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 Dr. Pavlov. I remember him. Well, let's move on to the second word, start. And the first letter, S, stands for sunlight. And that's somewhat surprising because too much sunlight can lead to severe sunburn, which in turn can lead to skin cancer. It can also dry out and wrinkle our skin, making us look old before our time. So on average, how many hours of sunlight uh, per day do you recommend? 
First of all, I want to say that uh, the reason why sunlight causes cancer is because we did the polyunsaturates instead of the saturated fats. Uh, we tried to de deal with cholesterol, and they, these, those oils get in our skin, and uh, sunlight plus uh, those polyunsaturated oils can uh, break down to skin cancer problems. So, uh, uh, But that doesn't mean just stay with the saturated fat. We should minimize the saturated fat. Eat the foods as they come in nature rather than uh, lots of oils and grease and, and butter and things like that. As one of my professors says, you don't need to grease the chute in order for the food to go down. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that uh, uh, if you can just avoid burning, getting uh, frequent sunlight is fine. You know, In fact, yeah. the, here in Arizona, I, I've had a, su a sun bath within the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's, just, it's nice. Uh, so. Well, the forecast today, a uh, high here in Iowa is 20 Fahrenheit <laughs> with a low of 5. And for those okay, of us not in good. northern U.S. and Europe, it's pretty difficult to get adequate sunlight uh, during yes. the three to four winter months. Any suggestions on uh, substitutes for sunlight? Do you recommend tanning salons? <laughs> well, I don't know what to say. To be honest with you, I stick with what I do know, and I, I do know that seasonal affective disorders where people don't get much sunlight, uh, it's gloomy in the northeast with clouds overhead, and they do it, they make it worse with these chemtrails and all that. Yeah. I, I just think it's it's bad situation. Uh, but I, I don't, uh, you know, take a take a trip uh, to s south or something. I don't know what to say on that one. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's good. We'll get as much as we can the rest of the year. Well, the next letter T we talked about taking us back to the sobriety movement prior to prohibition, temperance, but heck, most of us occasionally like, like a beer, a glass of wine, or even a cocktail, and you're talking about temperance in broader terms to include even coffee and stuff like that. So long as we drink in moderation and let someone else drive, isn't this okay? What's, what's the golden rule on that? Okay, if I ask you, uh, what about taking a little poison moderately? Uh, uh, drugs are basically poisonous. In fact, my, my professor that I worked under in the School of Health said uh, he, gave, he shared this definition with me from Dr uh, Drill's textbook of pharmacology, Chapter 5. In the widest sense of the word, every drug is by definition a poison. Pharmacology and toxicology are one, and the art of poison is to use the uh, art of medicine is to use these poisons beneficially. The idea is if your blood pressure is sky high and you're about to have a stroke, you ought to take a, a drug to get it down. Yeah. But if you can eat, uh, eat a food with uh, less salt, less grease, less alcohol that makes the blood sticky, uh, you, your pressure should be all right. Trust God for some of your problems and uh, yeah. get some good sleep. And uh, exercise will also help. You'll do fine. I know uh, you pointed out in your, uh, in your book that, uh, you, why you shouldn't ask your doctor that uh, – a third of all accidental deaths, a third of suicides, a half of all murders, and two-thirds of all rapes and violent crimes are related to alcohol. So that's definitely something that we could do without in our society. There's one other thing that I, is, uh, gets uh, – the FDA considers uh, caffeine grass, G-R-A-S, generally recognized as safe. As a physician, I do not recognize it as safe. Uh, there are a dozen different problems, uh, starting with the, the, at the top, the brain. We have insomnia or nervous disorders with much caffeine. Uh, the heart, they don't allow it in a coronary care unit because it could trigger a fatal arrhythmia. Uh, it turns acid on big time for the stomach. As they used to do caffeine stimulation studies to put a tube down and give them a dose of caffeine, measure how much acid your stomach yeah. can make. 
And it's uh, I can the, relate to that. I can feel okay. the acid in my stomach sometimes after a coffee. Well, my dad had a stomach problem, and we never had coffee at home, so I've never had a cup. I've done well, uh, even finished exams without uh, having to stay up late at night and cram. Uh, the, my daughter got breast lumps drinking Cokes at the hospital. She couldn't stay awake at night, so she drank mm. Cokes. But her doctor said, cut out the caffeine, and her lumps went away. You know? mm. uh, the uh, cancer of the pancreas uh, was reported in the leading medical journal, uh, New England Journal of Medicine, in 1980 or 81, uh, March 11-ish, something like that, uh, over a 1,000 cases of, of pancreatic cancer and uh, high high association with with coffee, hmm. so uh, it's it's not it's not harmless. Uh, bladder cancer also uh, f- twice as much in women who who drank two cups of coffee or more a day, etc. So you just I, ruined my morning cup of joe. <laughs> okay, well, well I'm sorry. To the the sixth letter A, and you okay. tell us that stands for air, and obviously right. every one of us human beings and all land animals need to breathe and stay alive. But what in the heck does it mean to include breathing air as one of the golden rules of good health? Short of moving out of a polluted area like greater L.A. or New York City, what, if anything, can I do to improve the uh, quality of the air we breathe? Can you and I do it? Uh, also, uh, the air part of it, it points to smoking, and uh, uh, I would say that, that would be the most important single thing you know, yeah. any of your listeners could do if they are smokers is to quit. Oh, yeah, and of course. I have a, a DVD uh, that has a, a topic on that for about 10 or 15 minutes. When I was at the University of Arizona, we did a program. 150 people attended, and over 100 on the last night. It's called the five-day plan. And on the fifth mm-hmm. night, over 100 had not smoked the previous 24 hours. That's great. I went to a stop smoking clinic one time, and right after the last session when everyone had quit, guy outside, my fellow classmate, lights up a cigarette. And he said, I never really intended to quit. I just wanted to cut down. Well, <laughs> cutting down doesn't work. Your money. Yeah. It's, well, it's, the, the seventh yeah. letter R stands for rest, and, of course, that could also be sleep. And uh, under the seven habits that help us live longer, how much sleep uh, do you recommend? Well, I guess it uh, all depends on the individual as well. Yeah, they say seven to eight hours sleep a night. Uh, As we get older, uh, it seems to me like I enjoy uh, uh, the upper limits of that more than uh, shallower. Uh, uh, You know, as kids growing up, a a baby sleeps a lot, and uh, we're reverting to our childhood maybe. I don't know, but (laughs) I would just say sleep is good. Uh, The the first four letters of restoration are rest. And when you cut a hand or uh, break a bone, you arrest those tissues and give it time to mend. And I think that body may, as we get older, need more time for mending, but uh, sleep is good. And it helps the hormonal cycle called, um, oh, I'm blocking on the word right now, uh, melatonin is a a hormone made in the brain that helps you uh, uh, be able to feel good and also to, uh, it copes with uh, the uh, stress uh, and the immunity. I think that's why we're all sharper in the morning after a good night's sleep, and we tend to run down late in the day if we haven't been getting enough sleep. But uh, right. well, to the seven uh, golden health habits, you've added an eighth trust in God. That's the second T in the start. In and of itself, trusting the supreme being doesn't really seem like a health habit, but what connection does trust in God have to do with our health? 
Well, good question, and I appreciate that. In Breslow's study, he asked people, are you happy? But stress is a real – when I was in college taking a calculus course my freshman year, I had I did not have college cal, uh, algebra. They said, well, you don't have to have it. It's not a prerequisite. Yeah. Well, I was in a class where I was spending two hours a night uh, on homework, and I did not – each problem was different, and I could not – I knew I was going to flunk out, it seemed like at least. But I, I looked – I'd walk home from those – look at the stars and believe that God guides the stars and maybe has a better plan for me. I'll just do the best I can. I'm not going to worry about it. And so I decided I would not. I surrendered it. Uh, and bottom line, a lot of other people dropped. My homework helped me. I got. A, I was never so happy for a C- in my life. Yeah. Well, on top of the, uh, the seven habits, the golden habits, actually eight habits, but uh... – you talk about a rave diet, which uh, is a huge benefit above and beyond the seven uh, habits. What, what is? Tell us a little about this rave diet. Okay, it's part of a package. I use this. It's the best CD I have found, and I, uh, I, I, you can find it on the Internet. If you go to YouTube and type it in, you can watch about five or six minutes as an intro, and they sell them. I sell them, too, as part of my package because it's the most convincing tool I have found to help people eat better. And, uh, you know, we all give lip service to it, but it's, it's about a plant-based diet, and uh, it shows uh, testimonials from people uh, that have reversed heart disease, cancer, diabetes and other uh, serious conditions so uh, with well documentation has Dr. Esselstein from the Cleveland Clinic uh, on heart disease etc good stuff and uh, I I recommend it and if they want to visit my website I have that as part of a package uh, with some CDs on the new start aspect as well Uh, richardruling.com you you have this package that uh, includes what you call the best book ever written uh, health and happiness and uh, CDs and the DVD and a link to a natural remedies encyclopedia and I know you offer that for a very reasonable price tell us about this offer and uh, where where do we we find it we find it on your website I guess and that's uh, yes uh, actually everything you named is under $50 uh, but uh, if they don't want all of those things they can still have the CDs DVD for for even just half that price so uh, it's at Richard Rule uh, last name spelled R U H L I N G dot com, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. uh, I think you know when we consider what we spend, uh, it's been uh, on Google. You can say the average person spends more than a million dollars on life uh, for homes, education for their kids, uh, cars, and uh, other things that we invest in. Well, but uh, what about our health? Say on Google, <laughs> they <Yeah>. were a million. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but no, that's right. true. We, we we so often neglect our health and are penny wise on that and I'm very pound foolish when it comes to our health. But uh, right. Well, let's close today's program with a shocking but highly positive fact. Dr. Breslow, in his original research, found that a 60-year-old who followed the seven recommended behaviors would be as healthy as a 30-year-old who followed fewer than three. And so here, hey, cheer up, for you 60 most definitely can be the new 30. (laughs) And in closing, I'd like to add the following four pieces of advice. Embrace your age, whatever it is, with grace, dignity, and humor. Be fearless with good health until your date of departure. Times will be great. Stay connected to loved ones, friends, and family, because no one really can sustain excellent health and joy all by themselves. And finally, even after you retire, stay engaged with the world, regardless of your chronological age, others need you. 
And thanks a million, Dr. Richard Ruling, for joining us on this week and last. We've all learned so much, and best of success in getting your message out to the world. You're a shining example of why someone who retires from their primary vocation in no way needs to retire from the world, because you certainly haven't. Thank you. I really appreciate you. You've got it all. <laughs> uh, you, you could be my double, and you, I, I know that you do other topics as well, but this has been great. Thank you, Roy. God bless you. Well, thank you. We've learned so much, and uh, best of success in all you do. Bye for now. Okay. Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 